just counseling things. Where we want to be a place for supervision after supervision, but not lame supervision. The one you want to go to with your counselor besties. We plan to give you the rundown on all kinds of cool and practical stuff that you can implement immediately in your next counseling session. So for this first episode, we just want to introduce ourselves and share some of our favorite things. Um, my name is Ashley Jameson, and I got a PhD in counselor education and supervision. I currently work as a consultant for a nonprofit in Virginia, and I do a little bit of supervision, but my main job is keeping my two tiny humans alive. They are six and two, and they keep me very busy. Um, the two-year-old loves to drink coffee with me in the morning, so that's really fun. Um, hey, so I'm Ricky Permenter, and I have a PhD in psychology and counseling. So I've been teaching and supervising since 2010, and I am coming at you guys from rural Louisiana, where I own a private practice. I teach for a university, I'm a pastor's wife, and I get all the snacks and all the juice cups for the tiny terrorists that live in my house. Um, I love helping people in direct counseling, but my passion is just to really help counselors be their best. I like counseling, but I love supervision. It's really fun. And so we hope this will be a lot of fun. Um, we've had varied experiences, and between us, we've counseled inpatient, outpatient, journal anxiety and depression, prison population, severe mental illness, um, pretty much all the people dealing with all the things. So we've been counseling, teaching, supervising for just a really long time now. Um, one of the things we found is that master's programs, while they are great, they only cover so much. You kind of get to be like a mile wide, but an inch deep. Um, so they kind of just set you up to know a little bit about everything, but we want you to know a lot about some things. There's just really a whole lot to learn. And the longer Ricky and I've been doing this, the more we just seen what we don't know. Um, we usually get really good at one thing, but we still want to learn all the other things too. So our heart is for counselors to be confident in what they know and also in what they don't know, but we just really want counselors to know their stuff. We want clients to just get really good care. And we want you to be confident in what you know, be aware of what you don't know, and know where to find out more about the things you want to grow in. Like going through our master's programs and our doctoral programs, and then in the very work settings that we've been through, um, we've kind of just between us compiled this network of people who know a whole lot about certain things. Um, along the way, we want to introduce you to our friends who really know their stuff about specific stuff. We want to let each of them give you the rundown on what they know. I mean, we know stuff, but we also know people who know more stuff. So we'll be sharing uh, from our experience. We'll be inviting people to be a part of this that'll share from their experience. Um, we just really care about counselors being good at what they do. Um, so today we've given you a little bit of an intro, but we really want to talk about the things that we love to talk about in supervision all the time. Um, some of the things that we felt like we've just heard ourselves say over and over. Um, so yeah, Ricky, what is your favorite thing to talk about in supervision? I think my favorite thing by far, and the thing that I've talked to every single person I've supervised about is just don't be weird. So many counselors are weird, especially at first when you are trying to like develop your, um, professional persona, or you are really like struggling hard with fraud complex, 
um, you're just weird. And so I try to encourage um, my supervisees to just be themselves. Um, a lot of times when we're supervising, um, the most honest responses that we can have um, are the best ones. A lot of times whenever clients tell you something that's weird, it's beneficial for you to say, hey, that's weird. <laughs> or, if they tell you, or if they tell you something that is um, off-putting or shocking, a lot of times it's really beneficial for you to say, dude, that's, that's shocking. Or, hey, if I wasn't your counselor, I'd be really uncomfortable right now. Um, just leveling with people and not being weird. But to not be weird, you have to be comfortable with yourself. And so um, it's one of those things I like to walk with my supervisees with throughout the entire time we're in supervision is being comfortable being yourself, yet being professional. So there's like a juxtaposition between being professional and being your real self. But once you can find that really good happy place, you're not weird. And you're you as a professional counselor. All right, I know you've seen this before. I know you know what I'm talking about, Ashley. So... I had a supervisor once talk about this um, pretty at length and he talked about like an integration process where um, you've got your like personal self and your professional self and you know, you've kind of come into your own as a counselor when those two come together and you are yourself in your personal life and your professional life and they're kind of the same person. And so I kind of think about it in the terms of just kind of that integration process and where you're comfortable with yourself and your personal life and your professional life. And they really don't look that different. Yes. <laughs> Everything you said. Yes. And so how I kind of try to explain that to um, my supervisees is that if you come to my house, I'm probably going to have on shorts and a t-shirt and I look less formal, but I am still me. If you see me at my office, I mean, I'm not business professional by far, but I'm not going to be wearing shorts and a t-shirt. And it's still me. The person doesn't change. The apparel might change. When you become personally yourself in counseling, you don't change. The content of what you're talking about changes. How you relate to them changes, but you don't change. I remember being so weird when I was a baby counselor. I did a lot of weird <laughs> things. Me too. Okay, Everybody this does. is, so what's the weirdest thing you did in counseling? Okay, so this is this is stupid, but I'm going to tell you about it. Um, when I first started counseling, I was a baby. I was not married, and I really felt the need to wear business professional all the time. So I had on a really fancy Calvin Klein dress, and um, I had on an orange bra because I was poor, and I didn't buy, you know, undergarments that were the right colors. I bought what was on sale because I was a baby counselor and was working for basically free. So um, my bra came like the strap came unattached and was hanging out of my dress and I did not acknowledge it the couple knew what was happening like they were looking at me and were like this is weird she has on an orange bra and I just didn't acknowledge it and was just super weird about it and just kept going it was oh weird. my gosh <laughs> right like I it's just so weird like I was just weird like I just didn't I didn't acknowledge what was happening because I was uncomfortable you pretended it wasn't even there and you just yes. kept going. Yes, it, but it's weird. Like, that is weird. Any yes. other situation, people are going to be like, dude, stop. You're being weird. Or, my bad, let me fix that. 
I remember trying to dress up all the time too. Like I felt like if I didn't know all the things, I could at least look like I knew all the things. Yeah, it's also weird. People know you don't know. It's <laughs> they true. Know. They know. You can't don't try to dress it up. They know you're new. And we have them sign paperwork saying they know that we are brand new and that we are baby counselors. Yeah. So one of the things that like um I really encourage other counselors to say is I don't know (laughs) as a new baby counselor I was so mortified for someone to think I didn't know the answer to something but if you don't know the most unweird thing you can say is I don't know but I'll find out for you or I don't know off the top of my head let's google it on my phone that I have right here right beside me because everyone has their phone right there with access to google because Clients ask stuff that you literally don't know, like, um, how much of this medication should I take? I don't know. I probably shouldn't tell you that. Um, how much are you taking? What's the normal dose? I, I don't know. Let's Google it. I was just hesitant to say, I don't know. But it's weird if you don't say, I don't know, and you try to, like, walk around it. Especially for things that you obviously don't know, because you are not like that medication. kind of doctor. You're not yeah, that kind exactly. of doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think mine is kind of along that same line, though. Um, Mm -hmm. I am really big on don't be afraid of your clients. Um, (laughs) it's kind of that same vibe of like, be yourself. You don't have to be afraid of people. And what do I mean by that? Right. So, um, I think that sometimes we're really scared to tell clients the truth or to say hard things. We're afraid to step on their toes. We're afraid that we're going to push in the wrong spot. We're afraid they're going to, we're going to hurt their feelings. There's so many things that could go wrong if we say the hard thing. Right. Um, So like diagnoses, I mean, that's sort of controversial at this point. Is the DSM effective? Does it really cover what we need it to cover? All of that, right? Um, But why can't we share the diagnosis that we're going to write on the paper and talk about what that actually means? Where does this come from? Why am I landing here? And what does that actually mean about you? So, I mean, we don't have to be afraid to tell the truth, to tell our clients what we're thinking, and also kind of give the backstory. Tell them all the things that we're thinking. One of my favorite ways to softball that to clients is one, to not be weird, but to say, hey, if you were one of my friends and we were just sitting, having coffee and you were telling me this, this is how I would respond to you. If you were telling me that you had the symptoms of this, I would say, hey, I looked this up in the DSM. It looks like this is what's going on with you. How does that feel? Right. So giving some space to process that it doesn't have to be the end of the world to say something really Mm -hmm. hard and awkward to a client. And we don't even know if it's going to be a big deal to them. Most of the time we make a bigger deal out of it in our own heads than our clients take it to be. Exactly. Exactly. Like we're making a big deal about it and we're projecting it on them. And then it causes us to be weird. So (laughs) yes. Yeah. One of the ways to just not be weird is to just say the thing, whatever the thing is, just say the thing and get it out there. Well, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. Like it can be more softballed. Like I think about a client who, um, you know, I like to do regular check-ins. Like, how's this going for you? What's been good? What's been bad? Cause obviously saying the hard things, I'm all about that. Um, but I had a client once who told me, I'm just really glad that you told me I'm codependent. And did I actually literally say to her, you are codependent? No, I did not. 
Um, I knew that that was what was going on. And that was at the root of all the things we were looking at. And so I sent her home with an assessment on paper. I said, here, why don't you look at this? I think this might be the problem. Um, this might be the root of what we're looking at. So why don't you take this assessment home and fill it out and you can send it back to me or bring it back next week, whatever. So she came back and like the fact that she had gone through the assessment, she said, this was like a whole thing for me. Each of these questions just brought so much light to my situation. Um, and so I scored it and clearly I'm codependent. Where do we go from here? And so it was a really easy way to say, hmm, maybe. And she loved it. That's awesome. So it didn't have to be like this whole thing where I'm like, you are codependent. And she had to feel all bad about it. Like it was a really easy way for us to like stick our toes in the water and then just jump in the deep end. So on the other side of that, just jumping in the deep end, um, I find sometimes my supervisees are scared of their clients to ask them questions about like suicidality, homicidality, self-harm. And that's one of the situations where you don't need to stick your toes in, where you just need to jump in the, in the deep end and say, hey, so when's the last time you cut? Or so, how are your thoughts about suicide this week? Um, just to jump in and ask those questions. I had a um, client recently that saw a different counselor before they saw me. And um, in our first session, it was my client and her mom. And I was asking, so um, how often do you cut? Where do you cut? What do you use to cut? What time of the day do you cut? I asked all kinds of questions about her cutting just because I wanted to know the extent. And I wanted to know like what I was dealing with. And in the next session, her and her mom came back in and said, hey, so after the session um, last time when we came in, I was talking to my daughter about this. And she said that in the whole year she was seeing that other counselor, they never talked about stuff like that. So I was shocked, um, me personally, because why would a counselor not be talking to him about stuff like that? But they might have just been um, scared to, to broach like a heavy topic with their client. Right. And when you talk about cutting, when you talk about eating disorders, when you talk about addiction, those specific questions matter. Um, we can't get anywhere if we're not talking about the things that are really happening day to day. How do we figure out why they're cutting or why they're using or whatever mm -hmm. if we don't talk about all the details around it? Yeah, and it's the same with sex when you have like teenagers, even kids that are coming to you and they're talking about dating or whatever. And if you just don't come out with it and say, so y'all having sex? <laughs> like it, it just, it breaks the ice, but also it gives them a space where they are comfortable to talk about something that makes them uncomfortable because you're not being weird. Well, and it's not like they're going to volunteer that information. Exactly, exactly. And so one of the things about not being weird and not being afraid to just say what you need to say to your client is if you're comfortable, they're willing to hold your hand and walk into something they're uncomfortable with, and you get a whole lot farther as a counselor. We get to set the vibe with all of that. And so the way we handle it really impacts the way that they're going to receive that and the way that they're going to walk in it. And when you talk about suicidality, especially, I think that some of the fear comes from, what if I plant a seed? What if this is, you know, what if I say something that leads them in this direction? And the thing about suicidality is that we, it's impossible. We cannot be the first person to say this to them. We can't, or we can't create the thought, like it's already there or it isn't. And so I think one of the fears is that if I say this, I'll be making a suggestion um, that they, this may be you know, 
pointing them in that direction, but that's impossible. They've either thought about it or they haven't. And our suggestion to talk about it is not going to be the start of something awful. No, not at all. You're not going to start them down a thought process that they wouldn't have gotten to on their own or they haven't already thought about. Um, It's just important to not be too afraid as a counselor to just talk about it in a way that um, is neutral where you're just talking about it as a thing, not as, oh, this is a scary thing we're talking about, just as a thing. Right. And along those lines of setting the vibe, uh, the more we can be comfortable with uncomfortable topics, the more we're creating the space to do the work. And if we create a weird vibe about it, our clients are going to be weird about it. If we just say the things and just jump in, um, our clients are really willing to follow us there. That's super true. Super true. They're really willing to follow. And, they, and most times they want to follow you there. Like that's what they've come to counseling for is they want to deal with the hard stuff and um, their parents or their friends or whoever, they're weird. They're weird enough already. <laughs> you know, they're scared to ask the hard questions. Like this is what they're paying you for. Don't be weird. Let them ask you hard questions. You know, like let them have a space to talk about stuff that they're uncomfortable with. We can't be scared of them. It's not what they're paying us for. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Like, this person isn't paying me to be nice. Like, yeah, counselors have a persona or whatever, um, but this person is not paying me to be nice. And if I continue to reflect back to them and stay super client-centered, am I really serving them well? I find that a client-centered approach works for um, the well with hard problems. They, yeah. they can get there on their own, but we're talking mm-hmm. about somebody who really has some stuff going on. They need us to guide them. And that client-centered approach where we do believe in the goodness of people to figure things out, um, but that's not what they're paying us for. They can go to coffee with a friend and get that. So for me to be able to say, mm, codependency, yes, okay. Or um, actually, that looks like a mother wound. Let's, <laughs> let's look at that topic. You know, and so to be able to kind of point the direction of where we're headed um, I have a client right now who just loves for me to just kind of give her a keyword and then she'll do the research for weeks and then we'll talk again and she'll have made so much progress because I've just kind of given her the words around what's happening and then she runs with it on her own. Cool. So one of the things I want to make sure I hit on before we wrap it up for today is um, everybody's weird at first because it just is because it's new and people are weird about things that are new to them. But if you as a counselor have certain topics you are always weird about, that's the point in which you want to get some supervision or personal counseling because you can't go with people places you're unwilling to go yourself. And so let that be a red flag for you that there's something you need to work on. Um, Because if there are certain topics that you feel uncomfortable talking about if there's certain things you feel uncomfortable saying out loud um you are doing your clients a disservice get some counseling get some counseling everybody goes to counseling every counselor should have a counselor there's no shame in it doesn't mean you're failing doesn't mean you're not doing it right it just means that you have uncovered something you need to work on so everybody's weird at first not everybody is weird forever oh 100 percent. like one of the key components of counseling and being a good therapist is you can't take your client any further than you've been. And so if you want to be good at what you do, if you want to go deep with your clients, you got to go deep within yourself. You can't take someone somewhere you haven't been before. 
And that doesn't mean that we have to have experienced everything our client experiences, but we have to go to hard places if we expect our clients to go to hard places. Yeah. So personally for me, sometimes my clients are um, three steps ahead of me down a path and that's fine, but they can't be on the same step as me or ahead of me on what they're dealing with as opposed to what I'm dealing with personally. And so sometimes that triggers some soul searching and for you to go or me to go get counseling myself so that I can be a step ahead. You don't have to have it figured out. Like you don't have to be done, but you need to be further than your clients are. It's not easy, but if we want to be good at what we do and if we want to serve our clients well, we've got to be willing to go to those hard places. So, well, I think that's it for today. Um, Thank you for joining us on our first episode of the podcast. Uh, We are new and we are fresh and we might've been a little bit weird, but that's okay. It's going to get better over time. Um, So thank you for joining us and thank you for being a part of this endeavor. So too long, didn't read. Don't be weird. Also, don't be scared. Thank you.